Welcome to the Pack the House Show, where we have conversations about sharing your faith as you walk through life with others. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Pack the House. My name is Andrew Osborne and I'm joined once again by Austin Marshoni, Aaron Davis, and Pastor Jason Tabor. Hey everyone. Sorry, Pastor, again, you're last on my list. Uh huh. Yeah, it's clearly not random. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got me. Uh, and we're going to be looking at what we learned this last week in our service. Uh, this last week was um, we talked about the end of all things. Uh, so we're going to read a verse from uh, oh, what chapter was it? it? Was First Peter, First right? Peter four. First Peter four, verses seven through eleven. So I'm going to go ahead and read that for us. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gifts, gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. 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 All right. Amen. So uh, you hear this in pop culture quite a bit, the, the crazy guy standing on the street corner yelling, the end of all things is near, and, and people look like a crazy person. Uh, Sometimes they're naked with a sandwich board in the middle of Times Square. That Square. might be why they're looking looked at like they're crazy. I mean, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> but that is what the Bible says. So how how do we share this message without coming across as a crazy person? I think the first thing we have to explain <laughs> is that nobody knows except for God when the end is actually happening. This is true. And I'm, this is going to sound like I'm contradicting you, but I'm actually meaning to agree with you. Uh, <laughs> it is true that nobody knows when the when the end is coming, and yet Peter writes those words: "the end, the end of all things is at hand." And so, what is that? There's something I think important in that in that both end, right? Uh, we don't know for sure when it's coming, but it is coming. Uh, and 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 we want to live with a certain amount of urgency. Um, but I think that's something that's in the culture right now anyway, like live yep. each day to the fullest. Like you never Hello. know when you're going to punch your ticket, you know, like mm -hmm. all of that kind of rhetoric that you hear. Yeah. Um, no, I agree with you. Again, that's twice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. That's the limit. You guys need to start disagreeing, I think. I agree with you, but you're so wrong. I say, no, I agree with you. Uh, no, but I think you're right. Um, there's something relatable in this. Uh, two things that I think are relatable. One is that sort of idea that, um, yeah, my time could be up at any at any point, and so there is an urgency. The other one that that really resonates with me here is when we think about um, end times, we typically think about what um, destruction, chaos, apocalypse. suffering, apocalypse. Yeah, um, zombies. zombies. Sure. Uh, that's my favorite kind of apocalypse <laughs> i just enjoy the song it's a good one <laughs> i don't know the song uh, 
so so when we think about the end of time, we think about all those things. Um, and again, like Aaron said, we don't know exactly when that happens, but I think there and maybe our neighbors are not looking for that. Uh, but I think a lot of them are feeling that same sense of struggle. Um, they're feeling a lot of things that would go along with that idea. Is that fair? I'm not, I'm not articulating it very well. I, yeah, yeah, I, 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 go, go ahead. ahead. I think, uh, I, I see what you're saying in the fact that, um, like for us as Christians, we, we know the end of all things, uh, bad will be when Jesus returns and he's going to get rid of all those bad things. And, uh, those of us who trust, put our trust in him will go on to eternal perfectness. Um, I think the world uh, who aren't Christian have that same desire of the end of all bad things. And like th their goal is to eradicate all injustice. Uh, that's why we have social justice warrior kind of people that th they try to get rid of all those bad things. And they, th in their mind, it is attainable right now, with, even without Jesus. I might argue. Oh, really? I think it, I think it, you it might argue? I might. Yeah. I've never tried it before, but uh, <laughs> I agree with everything up to it, it is attainable right now. And I, I, I have the sense that for many of them, it feels less and less attainable. Yeah. Uh, but you don't think that that, that is their goal? No, I think it's the goal. Okay. I think it feels less and less attainable. Yeah. Um, which might that, actually be a good thing for those of us trying to share Jesus, because the more they see that the way they're going is not working, hopefully that pushes them to, for a desire for something that would work. Well, many of the, many of the, I don't know if it's a good thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's advantageous maybe for us. Yeah. Um, many of the, many of the social justice ideals um, align with Christian belief except they're sometimes supercharged <laughs> a little bit. Um, many of them align with Christian belief, the value of all people, equal, equal footing for all people. Um, that's all, that's all good Christian teaching as well. Um, and so I think there's an advantage to us in that. Um, and yet f for many, it seems less and less attainable. And so I think there's an opening for us um, in there as well. Yeah, I mean, like sometimes it is, I mean, even as Christians, sometimes we look at the world and it does feel quite hopeless, you know, mm -hmm. just trying to make it everybody play nice, <laughs> essentially speaking from a mom's point of view, just That's trying to get the world, yeah, just trying to get the world to be kind to each other and everybody to play nice. It seems very insurmountable. Mm -hmm. So, so from there, what if we take if we take this idea in that direction what comfort what hope what encouragement can can our faith provide uh, that we might share with others well we we do have faith that things will improve uh and that the, the injustices will be dealt with yes. uh, i think that's something that is, is comforting both for us and can be comforting for them mm -hmm. i also think as christians we can be seen playing nicely yeah yeah, I was just reading. I was just like, we should be leading the niceness on the the getting along with people. <laughs> I was just reading a, a, a Barna survey about um, Gen Z, eighteen to twenty five year olds, and how they how they prefer to be approached for, for faith conversations. And the big takeaway from it was the highest one: uh, 
show it more than tell it. Um, they want to see Christians who live out their faith, which yeah. is why I think these these this is why I made the point I did about the social justice ideals is that lots of what they are striving after also matches our our Christian identity. And so, in other words, all that to say, when we when we live out our faith, when we do what a Jesus follower would do, we look like something they value. Right. We're caring for the poor. We're um, mm -hmm. protecting the innocent. And care for creation. Um, that's a bit. That's our theological way of talking about uh, the environment, the planet, uh, all things that are that are big right now. Right. Yeah, even like racial justice. I mean, God wants to love everybody the mm. exact same way, so we should all love everybody the exact same way. It's like all of these buttons that some people have. It's like they're all they all go back to the Bible, where it's like. Yep. This is not how he had it set up in the beginning. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You you see that the world is on a, on a wrong track. I also agree the world is on a wrong track. Okay. Uh, you have certain ideals that you're striving after. Uh, environmental protections, uh, care for the poor, racial justice and equality. Also strive for all those things. For me, this is and this is I'm, I'm now moving into how do we bring this into a faith conversation? And the way that I, I typically do that is to say, for me, this is a, an aspect of my faith. There's lots of ways to get there. But for me, this is an aspect, it's a faith claim, or it's, a, it's, it's rooted in my faith. What does that do? It shows that person, hey, the, the stuff that's important to you, this, here's a Christian. And it, all, it also, <laughs> Jesus cares about it too, um, without having to say it that on the nose. Well, and honestly, like, I mean, it's so, there's so many scriptures about these actual like big justice topics. And like the whole reason that um, the Christians were set apart during the Roman era was because they were caring for the, you know, somebody had another girl, they set it out on the front step for the wolves to take it. You know, the Christians took that baby in like that, that was totally radical mm -hmm. at that time. And it looked different. And so if you're caring for the people who can't care for themselves, then you're going to be, I think, just like a beacon of light that people are going to be attracted to, I feel. Yep. And the opportunity then comes in, in the why do you do it? Yeah, exactly. And so what, what would your answer to that be? Why, why do you care about these things? Why do you care? Why do I care about racial justice, racial equity, for example? Right. Um, and for me, I would say, I might say two things. Uh, I would say at least... Uh, I see the importance of that based on my faith. I might also say, um, I believe that all these people were created um, by a God who loves them equally. And that means they have value that I want to try to uphold. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good one. I so, would also say you can get there in other ways. Um, what do you mean by that? What I mean by that, I said it twice now, so I should define it. Um, <laughs> what I mean by that is I want to, in the, in the person that I'm speaking with, I want to affirm my way of coming about it is not the only right way. Yes, that's important. I think it is. For me, it's the rightest right way in that it, it answers the, the, the Christian worldview, uh, the biblical worldview answers the questions in the most satisfying way for me. But I don't want to set up, you have to believe this or, or what you're doing is, is irrelevant. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that 
that can be a source of most of the uh, butting heads when it comes to political things is people trying to do the same thing, but coming to it from different angles mm -hmm. uh, and arguing over what's the best way to care for someone. True. Mm -hmm. All right, so we, we've kind of gotten off the path of the end is near, uh, but I think it's still a good conversation to have. Um, but uh, when you're talking with a friend or neighbor, how, how does the idea that um, we want to care for things or care for people, how does that relate to end times? Does it relate to end times? Well, I think it does because it's showing that we have we as Christians have a different sense of urgency than those people that think that you're just going to punch your ticket mm -hmm. because we as Christians know that when the end happens, God's taken whoever he's got and everybody else is left or, you know what I mean, metaphorically speaking. Yeah. And so we have a sense of urgency to bring people to the kingdom, you know, instead of just living life to the fullest. Mm -hmm. And it's a totally different mindset when it comes to speaking with your neighbor and trying to tell them about Jesus. Right? I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> but. <laughs> and yet, that's what I said. Uh, <laughs> what I would add is a, a very similar idea or along the same lines of what you're saying. Um, the reason we have this urgency, you're actually, I'm, you're actually saying a lot of this, but just to put it in my own words, the reason we have this urgency is because when we say the end is coming, it isn't the end, right? Um, the whole reason that we look at end times and the end of the world is because there's a, there's a something more coming. Um, that in itself, I think, can can be a help, a helpful mindset to people. This is not all there is. This world that you see as being on the wrong track and 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 uh, coming closer and closer to being irredeemable. This is not all there is. And so again, why why can I? Why do I? engage in these things? Why can't I approach these things with a different sense of calmness and, and, and level-headedness? It's because this is, I know this is not all there is. I have, I have trust and confidence in something more coming. And I think part that's, of, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. I went last time. So. I was going to say, that's an important point too, though, because when we have this sense of urgency, sometimes you get people that almost like panic mm -hmm. and they're like, you have to believe in Jesus right now. And it's like, that's, no, this you was know, the evangelism strategy, right? What if you died tomorrow? And I'll tell you, I have a lot of older friends that the way that they speak to their um, like children, you know, and the younger generation, it's more of a, you need to do this right now because I don't have much time left, like mm -hmm. to tell you everything. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, I feel like I have more of a, just like a kind of relaxed about it because God's going to make it happen, you know? In his own time. Yeah, exactly. And it's not up to me. <laughs> I think that we have uh, we have sort of the you know the the desire to respond to what God has done for us by doing what He has asked of us, to which do is reasonable. Him. And and in that it's it's a it's a thing of love rather than uh, the urgency is different because the why you're doing it you know, is, is far more valuable than just because like you want to do something before you can't do it anymore. It's, I, you know, I love my creator for saving me from things that I cannot save myself from. And therefore the things that he has for me can't and shouldn't wait. Like I shouldn't just rest on it because if I 
care enough, you know, showing that you care means that you're going to make that a priority. So I think it, it, in some sense, it's like, it's not just even about the end, but just about like, you know, don't like, if you're weight on something, like, it's like, you know, we'll just put it this way. If uh, your spouse or somebody asks you to do the dishes, your parent, uh, you, you know, the longer you wait, sure, you're going to do the dishes, but the longer you wait, like, what is that saying to that person? You know, like, what message does it send? Yeah. What was that? What message does it send? Yeah. And so it's kind of like, it's, it's important. Yeah, I'll do it. But just after I'm done with this or after I'm done with that. And so I think that just kind of changes the, the perspective that we can kind of give to our neighbors is that I am not in an urgency for myself. I'm in an urgency for the sake of who I'm doing this for and why I'm doing it for them. Well, I, I actually hear this from time to time um, from non-believers who will ask, uh, if this stuff is true, because they, they know the basic Christian story. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I don't if I don't believe in Jesus, I go to hell. And they'll ask if this is true, why aren't why don't you Christians ever do anything about it? Uh, and so I think the the urgency the urgency also can read as integrity. Well, yeah, I think the guy standing at the baseball stadium with the sign that says "repent or go to hell" is not probably bringing a whole lot of people. Yeah to Jesus by his sign in the baseball stadium. <laughs> can I just bring it, can I bring an opposite side to this though? I don't know if that's okay. If this is too much of another conversation, I love but sometimes lot. I've, I've seen in other conversations I've had with people and something I've struggled with is sometimes I feel like people talk about, well, like, you know, you want to build a relationship with someone. And I think even here on this, you know, we talk about that often. No, I am people. Huh? I am people. He says yeah. that. yeah so it's like i mean we talk about it on here talking about like building a relationship with people before just like trying to spew all of this at them right but maybe this is more of a question do any of you feel that like sometimes like we use that oh i need to build a relationship first as an excuse to hold off on doing i mean like sometimes i just feel like you know it's like they're there has to be a sense of urgency and like to move the relationship forward and sometimes i feel like people in conversation not saying that they do because i'm not I'm not the person here sitting to being able to judge them. I have, you know, my own thoughts on this, but it's like, you know, if I'm just sim- simply waiting for that next level of our you know, friendship or whatever, until like I'm comfortable to finally start talking about these things or to finally start doing something about our faith, talking about faith instead of, you know, sitting around and like, Oh, we've made all these connections. Like we've gone on like camping trips or whatever. Like when is it enough of a relationship? to then move forward with the urgency that you want this person to be with you and to be with God in heaven. Great question. I think you're, you're probably asking a question that lots of people who watch these things ask. Okay. So, you know, I'm married to an atheist. So, but I, like, I don't have the panic. I guess I have like a sense of urgency, but I don't have a panic. Like, I don't think that God would have wanted me to marry this man unless he had some kind of plan that he was going to bring him to the kingdom. Like, that was my, that's my trust in God. That's my trust in Jesus. I hope that's true, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do too. But like, I mean, that's the whole point of being Christian. We have this hope. We -hmm. have this faith. So to live from a place of like panic or fear, like I have a lot of friends where their kids, you know, go away from the faith, right? And then they get like a panic. 
-hmm. or like a sense of urgency. And it, it almost comes across as like, stop preaching to me, stop preaching to me. And it's like, they're not doing any good by the actions they're taking, but that's all they know. That's all they feel like. I just have to get this kid back to Jesus. And that's where that comes from. That's a, that's a really wise point here. Yeah. So I just think that like, and let me just tell you from the moment that my husband met me before we were even engaged or in a serious relationship, he knew I love Jesus. Like that just comes out of me in like natural talk. You don't have to have a relationship. The cashier at Walmart knows that I love Jesus. You know what I mean? Like I just talk about it so normally that like nobody that knows me or even had met me one time would not know that I don't love Jesus. You You're know? a little more bubbly than some of us. I totally <laughs> am. And I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> so have one of those faces where like people feel comfortable telling me like random things that they would never tell anybody in their whole life right? Like cashiers at Walmart, like people you've never met. And so I just, I engage them in conversation, you mm -hmm. know, and it usually ends with a, well, that's, that's a hard situation. I'll, I'll pray for you about that, you know? And so then they know that I'm a Christian, you know, but. So yeah. Austin, I, I love your question. Um, I agree with Aaron's point. There's not a, not a reason to panic. You're kind of asking the opposite end of the spectrum, right? Um, when do we start panicking a little bit? Well, but <laughs> no, but don't, we don't, want to, we don't want to sit around waiting forever. Yeah. I think there's a lot of distance between sitting around waiting and panicking. Uh, and the distance in there is called relationship. That was cliche and stupid. But, <laughs> but there's a lot of, there's a lot of room between, between, I, I, I totally agree with you kind of sitting around, you know, not doing anything and panicking. Um, it's a couple That's things. If you think you're not doing anything, stuff's moving, stuff's being done. Well, that is true. I will say that. Um, you're never, if somebody knows that you love Jesus and if God is working and God's always working, you're never sitting around not doing anything. But then, but then that's my problem though, is because when, and I'm not, I'm not totally definitely not referring to you, Aaron, but like, <laughs> I know people, I know people who I'm friends with who would say that like, I'm still, I'm, I don't know. I'm still just building a relationship with them. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't think it's the right time. I don't want to ruin the relationship by starting to talk about this or, you know, whatever, but like it, it, it comes to the whole point of the, what, you know, uh, pastor Jason mentioned, you know, about the, like, well, like show, like show me, or like, if it's so important, then why aren't you doing something about it? And it's, it's finding that balance, I guess, is kind of the question, because as much as, you know, like we're talking about the end and the urgency, and we just kind of started talking about like, don't be like panicked. Sure. But where is the urgency? Where, where does that line meet where it's like, and I guess it's kind of like, when is this enough of a relationship or like, and I guess with different people, it's different, but also it's a trouble of the commons. If you just go, well, God's at work or, and God's using somebody else maybe. Right. And so it's like, so I don't need to do anything, but what I'm doing right now, but when does that become, um, when does that become me just wanting somebody else to do the job? When is that I'm coming to church handing, you know, handing my faith over to somebody else to, to help grow it. And when am I going to take the next steps myself? But somebody else is doing the job. Because the Holy Spirit and God and Jesus are doing the job. We are just like vessels for the job itself. So, yes. and I think when people have that mentality of, I got to bring this person to Jesus, that's when the friction happens. And that's when I've seen a lot of relationships dissolve. When you True. Have it's, that it's not... 
it's not up to you. And yet Jesus may invite you to be a part of it from time to time. And I think that's what Austin is saying is we want to take those opportunities when we find them. Um, a couple of thoughts. I would, I would, I would equate this a lot to dating. Um, when I met my now wife, I knew pretty early on I wanted to date her, but I didn't have to say that the very first time. Right. Um, and so I think there's a, there's a difference between the, I, I would say urgency and intentionality does not have to equal panic does not have to equal being this annoying person that Aaron is trying to avoid. Uh, it is possible to, to feel urgency and be intentional while continuing to let the relationship grow. I guess that's sorry, not to interrupt, but I guess that's probably the, the word then that I would say differentiates what I'm referring to is the intentionality of actually, actually building a relationship with the intent to eventually move on to that part of talking about your faith yep. rather than simply just saying, oh, I'm just building a relationship. And it's like, you've had this relationship for 10 years. I mean, sure, other people are working on it. God, the Holy Spirit's at work amongst other people and other experiences in that person's life. But, you you know, the intentionality, yeah, it's... That's and I would, if I could just say two more things, because um, I so badly want to get these out there based on your <laughs> excellent question. <laughs> thing number one, um, even if it takes 10 years, let me, let me do thing number two first. Thing number two is thing number one. <laughs> thing number two is it'll make more sense this way. Okay. <laughs> I I really firmly believe this, and it's it's borne out in a lot of my interactions and relationships. Generally, the person will tell. So, how do you know when the opportunity is here? How do you know when it's time? Generally, they'll tell you. Yep. Uh, they'll let you know, and it it happens in that they they begin to. For me, it's Andrew does this really well. So maybe Andrew, you can comment on this later. Um, for me, it, it happens in this way. When, when the person I'm, I'm in that interaction with, when the conversation turns from asking a lot of questions to being asked a lot of questions, mm -hmm. which is to say when, when they're no longer just simply responding to my questions and telling their own story and telling about themselves. And now they start asking me, well, you know, what do you think? And what do you feel? And what about this? And that's when I know kind of the, the opportunity is there. Um, yeah. the second way that often happens, it very often sounds like vulnerability. Um, it sounds a lot like pain sometimes when I start sharing those vulnerable things, again, the opportunity is there. So that's thing number two, uh, generally they'll tell you uh, when it's, when it's okay to, to move in that a little bit more in that direction. Thing number one, uh, was going to be, even if it takes 10 years, I would say you don't have to do nothing spiritual you don't have to do no faith conversation in that amount in that time uh, there are ways as we as we get to know a person and we hear um you know what i've talked about as breakdowns in the worldview uh things that don't quite measure up things that they can't quite answer as we get to know them and we hear those things there are opportunities for us to share a little bit of good news along the way too uh, you know a thing that helps me is knowing that jesus is there with me or a thing that i lean on is that uh, God's in control of all of this, even if I don't, whatever that truth might be, right? There's opportunity for us to share little bits of that um, here and there along the way. Well, and so this is something that has frustrated me about myself for the last like 10 years of working for a church is I'm, I've always been surrounded by other church people who know Jesus already. Frustrating. And yeah. And I haven't had interactions with non-believers where I can practice these things. 
and at one point, I, I don't know if it was on a podcast or a Bible study or something, I heard some someone was saying that they asked God to put them in those situations where they can share their faith. Ah. Uh, and so that's been something that I've picked up on and tried to do is praying to God, like, give me interactions where I can share my faith and share your love with these people and speak your words through me when I'm in those conversations. Hmm. And uh, careful what you ask for. Yeah, because within the last year, especially, I've had several conversations with people just out, like, they start asking me questions. And like you said, Jason, mostly um, I'm just open about who I am and what my faith is. Uh, and so, and I try to be a, a peaceful person where I'm not going to argue with everything they say. And so they see me as someone they can ask questions of. And so I, I think, like you said, just being open about what you believe uh, is going to be a draw. Hey, viewers, listeners, would you pray that prayer that Andrew suggested? Uh, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> if you're hearing that right now, would you pray that God puts you in situations with unbelievers? That's but awesome. I also want to say that I, I hesitate saying find a relationship just so you can convert them. Oh, no, no, no. Don't right? do that. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like a relationship should be a relationship. Even if they never come to Jesus, you mm -hmm. should still love on that person. Yep. no matter what. And I think those expectations sometimes of when people go out and meet, you know, random people and want to bring them to Jesus, they have that expectation of I'm going to save this person. And yeah, we don't want to have this, is, this is my non-Christian friend. Exactly. So I think, you know, Jason, it goes back to your dating analogy. If you're walking around trying to find a wife, it's going to be a lot this more. This is my life. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Where's my wife? Who, which of these will be my wife? It's not going to work. Right. Exactly. So yeah, just have those relationships where you get to love people no matter what, even if they never come to Jesus, you mm -hmm. still love them. Again, the difference between urgency and intentionality. Right. I mean, I'm not, I'm not making friends solely so that I can make them Christians, making friends because I like having friends. Right, <laughs> exactly. But at the same time, if they're not believers, because I care about them, I want them to be. And I mean, so- If you want to love Jesus, I'm cool with it. <laughs> Excellent. Austin, good question. I like it. Austin, again, quiet, 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 quiet. And there's the question. <laughs> Zinger. <laughs> Just but listen, I mean, the intentionality for... perfectly goes with the end times too, you know? Well, that's kind of what, what I was just thinking is it just kind of seemed like... It seems like I just don't want people to use a relationship as an excuse to never move forward anywhere beyond just an earthly relationship. Like that's correct. And so that's, I think that was kind of the thought and it's cause it's, I, I like drawing on the, what we call like the fifth man, or in this case, the fourth person, you know, on the, on the podcast, like something to challenge and like draw to the opposite side of stuff like it oh sorry jason's the fourth i was fourth gonna say Andrew's i see four on my screen but i don't know <laughs> it's from a movie it's a whole thing but it's basically yeah. just like to give the other opinion to have sort of the conversation because also it it is something i've thought about and you know you, i get challenged on both ends you know the you know the the urgency and like needing to just build a relationship and be patient about it and know that god's at work regardless of what i'm doing but then also I've seen, and I would say I've probably been a part of the, I've built the relationship, but now that I feel like it's time to spill out part of my faith, I'm more <laughs> worried that that relationship is going to get destroyed by them not accepting that. 
Yeah, we have to talk about this. That's such a that's such a common that's such a big topic. Yeah, we got it. We got to that. We're going to be long, but yeah. <laughs> I really want to talk of, about this. Speaking of praying and putting people in your lives that are non-churched or non-Christian, the other prayer that I say all the time right before I go visit my in-laws is Holy Spirit, give me the right words to mm. say. Because I usually don't say anything around them because they get very, you know, animosity towards me about my Christianity. So I always just say that and then I'm and then I have a better a better week with them, you know. Yeah, because if you're asking him to put people in your path, you you better, you better figure out what you're gonna say. He'll do it. He does every time. I mean, every time he gives me the words. It's cool. Hey, that's cool too. All right. Can we can we say a prayer and wrap up? Let's I love do it. it. Awesome. I don't know what the Austin always likes to have the 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 like submarine. I don't know what it is, but um. I think I think it's kind of like your your two points were probably pretty good. Yeah. Your number two and then your number one. Oh, thing two and thing one. Yeah. Uh, okay, got it. <laughs> um, Something like that. Yeah. Okay, let's pray. <laughs> <laughs> Father, thank you for uh, the assurance that we have, even as we know that uh, an end is coming, uh, the assurance that we have that uh, you have overcome the brokenness, the, the the difficulties that so many in the world around us see. We ask that you would give us words and opportunities, uh, whether it's to have that conversation or another, that you would, as, as Andrew suggested, put us in the path of those who don't yet know you, um, not simply so that we can uh, win them for you, uh, but that we would be able to build genuine, authentic uh friendships and relationships and out of that uh, be looking for opportunities where we can share your good news even if that takes a long time to you know, take that next step lord give us um, words and chances along the way to help them move just a little a little closer to you in jesus name we pray that amen good conversation mm -hmm. that was really fun yeah. all right well thank, thank you all for joining us and hope you have a great week See everybody. See you everybody Thanks for joining us for the Pack the House Show. For more content like this, or to connect with us, visit our website, cornerstonelutheran.church.